now? Yeah, yeah, you can say whenever about, you're ready. How about now? Do I start now? Yeah, right now. Now? Or, or then. How about now? How about then? You can start, start <laughs> then. Hi, my name is Ferns, and this is the Massacast. Ta-da! Ta-da! Go ahead, ask Bruce your question. Okay, Bruce, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? I know exactly what my junk is worth in dollar <laughs> amount, $670.70. Feel free to give more information. Okay. How, how do you know that, Bruce? Okay. They used to take 25% of the play area and shut it off because they would have kinky casino and they would raise one or two hundred dollars. You were talking about floating world. No, test fest. Oh, it was test fest. Okay. So... I go out there and I says, I could do it in 64 square feet. You have 500 square feet, I'll do it in 64 and I'll raise more money. So I get some really good friends to help me out. And we put fish hooks in my scrotum. We run a rope up and over a thing and we have a bucket. And it's all friends CSF, National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. And I get a whole bunch of Susan Anthony dollars coins and you would cash in your paper money for the coin and you'd throw it in the bucket so everybody had to come by see my junk and throw it in and 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 it would lift it up right and there's pictures out there of it so here i am took like two and a half hours and finally it's you know the bucket is getting heavier and heavier i think it was like like 14 15 pounds so it's over pretty much they take that out, clean me up, whatever. And for the next 18 hours, I was on an endorphin rush you couldn't believe. (laughs) I was like a bowl of jelly. And how much was in the bucket, Bruce? $670.70. I'm trying to find out who put 70 cents in there. (laughs) Those are supposed to be the dollar coins. They just emptied their pockets entirely. You know, so I figured that out, you know, I... That's a pretty good story. That sounds yeah. like way more fun to somebody like me uh, than Dunk uh, the Doofus. You know, I mean, it, it was. I look at it this way: one, it raised a lot of money; two, it ended the days of Kinky Casino, right? <laughs> and um, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. That's great. You know, oh, very creative. Would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> Throw my couple of bucks in. <laughs> <laughs> Saad only carries around the large coin of the Yap Islands. Oh. So just those giant stone coins. That's <laughs> I'm just looking at those weights over there. <laughs> you know what it was? It was a lot of fun to do. The money went to a good cause. And I put the point across that I wanted to have. You're in New Jersey. You the want to gamble. You got Atlantic City. The, the, also the fact that he had... At least two very attractive women replacing his piercings with fish hooks. Yeah. You know, it was fun. It was it <laughs> that contributed nothing. <laughs> you know, that, that that you know, it was a fun time. You know, and again, I was on an endorphin rush. And endorphin rushes is a legal drug and it's as powerful as heroin. You know, and 
it's what a lot of people go when they say, oh, gee, I want an experience. And they have that experience and they're floaty. You see it all the time. When people go into a play space, I always say this. I says, whatever your IQ is, as soon as you walk in that door, you lose 50% of your intelligence. Because the lower regions start working and the brain does not work that well anymore. Right. Would you, you say that's your most memorable scene as well as one of the Well, it's just, it's, it's, a, it, it's a great story. It is. And I have my own story, which I think is fun on a different level. And it's a personal story, including both of us. We were doing a scene at the Parthenon, which involved multiple needles in my back, down my arm. Mm -hmm. And during this scene, uh, we were having conversations about family, about friends, mundane <laughs> social conversation. Ariana walks in the room, looks at us, listens, shakes her head, and walks <laughs> out. I mean, this is something she could not, um, she could not intellectually or emotionally process. The space that we were in was not her usual space. Right. And I will always remember that moment as being, that was fun. <laughs> Talking about Ariana, I go to the Parthenon for a lot of the parties that were there, and she sees me and goes, I guess you're just a voyeur. I go, no, I'm not a voyeur. She goes, well, how come I never see a place? I says, I can't play here. She goes, what do you mean you can't play here? I got all this equipment. You can do anything you want here. I go, okay, I'll show you a couple of pictures. She sees a couple of pictures. You're right. You can't play here. <laughs> <laughs> what pictures did you show? You really want to see <laughs> me? Is that even a question? No, really? I'm just, I'm just. They were just deep. extreme for her, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it, it's it's something it, that they don't really do there. Right. You know? it, it's extreme for most people. Right. Right. But for Bruce, not so much. You know. You know. Um, I go to a... Come on, you can tell us, sir. It, it involved what? Blood. And? I think it was maybe my needle paddle, whatever. Yes. You know? He has a paddle with with multiple... What gauge needles were you using? 18s. 18 gauge needles, and about an inch was sticking out of the paddle. Of course, the entire room had yeah. to be plasticed off, including the roof mm -hmm. space. The top was fully gowned in surgical garb. Hat, mask. Yeah, totally right. 100% covered. Right. And because there was a lot of splatter. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other you know, memorable scenes was a friend of mine who I'm very close with, who I played with a lot. Uh, we were supposed to do this scene at camp, but they couldn't make it to camp that year. And camp, what it is, is it's an outdoor event in Maryland called Ramblewood that uh, has about three kinky events a year. And there's one by Camp Crucible, Dark Odyssey, and Dark Odyssey S2. Well, basically, the rules there are pretty simple. Don't do anything stupid. Well, telling kinky people that have 200 acres to play in not to do anything stupid is the worst thing to ever say. <laughs> because they will. Trust me. And again, it's... um. It's a fun time. It's people having fun. So what happened at camp? Well, at camp? Well, well we were supposed to do it at camp. We were going to do the needle paddle. Well, next time the person we did it was a test. So what I did is I built up my kill room. 
<laughs> I have a portable kill room. So the person... I Those can, of you I, who haven't seen Dexter, it's basically Dexter, how he prepares. Right. right. Okay. okay. So one of the things is, is that um, I tell security because they're going to go outside the hotel. Then they're going to come in with no band, wristbands on. But I told them what the person's going to do. You ever seen Stig? Sure. Right. That's how they looked. Totally covered up. Stig. <laughs> Come walking in. Now, I'm laying down on the table, right? And we're covered in the kill room. Opens up the curtain. Meantime, people are walking around. What's going on? What's going on? Right? Well, she takes a needle paddle out and is hitting me. And, of course, blood's going up on the curtain, whatever, right? Whatever. And they're going, oh, my God, what's going in there? Well, she gets up, walks out the door, and then I have two friends come over, and they start cleaning me up and everything, whatever. And people look like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> well, the scene wasn't between me being an exhibition to the crowd. The scene was really between this person and me. Mm-hmm. It was us, right. not them. And that's what it was for. That's why I put the, in the kill room, you could see something going on. But you don't know exactly what. Right. Till we pulled it all down, and that was that. But that's another stupid right. one. <laughs> you know. Have there have there been situations that you you thought this is for either of you, where you thought, okay, this went way too far, or this maybe not, maybe maybe you would have been okay with it in the different context, but this went too far, and how, how did you deal with it when when it did? Safe word. Right. <laughs> right. Oh yes. The, the, Sometimes you you ask for things and you get more than you bargained for. And I do remember vividly one of my fondest memories is a scene that Saad and I did years ago where I made the big mistake of saying to her I you can't really scare me. I know you're not going to damage. Big mistake. Oh my said god! You trusted me too much to ever say for Oh my I didn't god! Scare you. Oh yeah, right. I, was... I decided to remind you why I had the name oh, I had. Oh my goodness! Talk about mine. Folks. I've never said that to her, by the way. I I've would, never I said. I don't recommend it. I'm still I'm still scared with her to the it, other it, 13 I, years. I, I don't recommend it, but. You know, I, what, did, what did I know? You know, you know I, life's a learning process. Sure. So there I was on an inverted table, literally, you know, spread eagle. Um, that was a floating Blindfolded, um, earphones in my ears playing white noise, a washcloth over my face, which was slowly being wetted with, um, from a spray bottle. So my breathing became a bit labored. Um, The room, you know, I had no sight. I had no sound. And all except I heard a buzz. And it was a cattle prod. And so I started on my foot and slowly worked her way up my lower leg, my thigh, I safe word. <laughs> I knew it was not going to start there, stop there, right. and it just was the best mind fuck. Right. I was convinced 
it was going to be all over. And, and yet, the confession, that was in the lowest setting, yeah, right? <laughs> but the mind just magnifies. When you're limited in sensation, the mind just magnifies everything else going on. Right. And it was worth every second of that insanity. Right which took over my brain, and it was a wonderful experience, which I will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, you learn from, sometimes the best, ex, the most educational experiences are the most painful. And that doesn't mean physically painful always. You just, when your limits are really pushed, you learn a lot about yourself. Indeed. I remember the first time I encountered a cattle prod in the scene. Um, so I grew up on a farm where we had actual cattle prods because we had actual cattle. And I remember as a kid, there were uh, there was probably two or three times where I accidentally got zapped by the cattle prod. And I know that it, it would make me, it would make your teeth hurt for days afterwards. I mean, it was super powerful. Like if you got zapped with it, you were, that's it. You were done for the day. You would not be unconscious, but you would be it would razzle you so much. It would just completely, you were out of it, right? Um, and then someone someone said, someone I was playing with brought out a cattle prod. And I, I was like, I safe worded right away. I'm like, there's no fucking way. Uh, and then I realized that they said, oh, let's just try it. Let's just try it. I'm like, no, fuck no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want my teeth hurt for three straight days. And then that's when I realized that the cattle prods, that not all of them, I also learned, most of the cattle prods are not the same cattle prods that we had on the farm. They were toned down a little bit, or they had an adjustment setting or something like that. Pig prods and dog prods. Or, or, right. or yeah. fewer batteries. Right. Um, and then I remember uh, once I heard someone, I was at, I don't know what event it was, because cattle prods here have a different, you know, if you're... Yeah. If you're, and the, but there's a tone, a specific tone with the real cattle prods. And I remember hearing it. In, in a, like hearing it from a distance and I was almost like ready for fight or flight and um, I don't I'm not sitting even anywhere 10 feet near that person I don't care who that is but I remember like when I found oh these are not the same cat I'm, I'm still not a fan don't get me wrong but yeah um, you know I have not just go back to the cattle prod because you know I haven't seen anybody use one in public in a long time but I do fondly remember a person who Bruce and I know, right? Um, who is known in her scene name is the the pig hider. Yeah, who used to bring our cat apart to the, parties. Right, and uh, yeah, that was mad scary. Right. Yeah. I mean, you had no idea how many batteries were in that, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, uh, you know, it's uh, consent. Uh, yeah, right. uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. One of the things I always found out was negotiations, and that's for anybody out there. If you're going to do any kind of a scene, no matter how light it is, how heavy it is, or where you want to go, negotiation, negotiation, negotiation. And that has stopped me from going to my safe word. The only time I had somebody safe word, and it wasn't me safe wording, it was the top, because they had been hitting me for a while. <laughs> And you know when you hit somebody on the butt, it gets hard? Mm -hmm. Well, they're hitting me as hard as they can. They says, you're not feeling it anymore, are you? And I said, yeah. Says, we're ending it. Because I had gotten, the skin had gotten so hard, 
It's like leather. Right. When I left, I'm thinking, holy shit. My, is it ever going to soften up again? <laughs> you know, and you get a leather ass, you know. And again, I've had ones that got close. And there's been people, I just turn around and say, I wouldn't play with you for all the money in the world. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do that. One thing is interesting, though, about consent, which has made some things a little harder. It's really difficult to get consent for a real mind fuck. That's a that's a challenge, and uh, you know a, a discordance in the way we play now. And I I met a gentleman at DomCon who has wrote a book on mind fucks and included the consent problem, something that's never mentioned in Flag's book, for example. Yeah. Right. The the forked tongue consent. I don't think that's mentioned in that book. Um, but on the other hand, the new well, literature does. Does approach it, and I think it's a a serious issue to take into account in play. How do you handle uh, negotiations? Because I know I know people who who have said like, "Oh, negotiations." It's a, I know I know both tops and bottoms who say that. Oh, this is negotiation is the takes all the sexiness out of it, and it's it's no longer. I know it, a lot of people are. I'm just saying that that's how. That's what a lot of people complain about. There's nothing less sexy than a scene ending and people being upset, angry, or pissed off. Yeah, Because right. it was bad, boundaries were crossed, yeah. people didn't speak up, they weren't responsive. I like, go That's out, the worst. If you want to sit there, go out, take the person out to dinner, and talk for an hour or two, or three, or whatever. You don't even have to do two. When I mean, I, you do the 15-minute consent I, I issue. Do, yes, speed consent. Well, it's basically about my boundaries. And, you know, I'm very open in my boundaries. Um, I'm not a sadist. I don't hurt, I get any pleasure out of hurting people. So I tell them, I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm not going to burn you. At least not with any intent. And I make certain that I've established a level of trust with somebody I'm playing with. And the business of putting fire on the hand is more about making sure they don't do this on me than experiencing it. It's a matter of, is this person trustworthy to play with? Mm -hmm. And even as a top, I need a trustworthy bottom. I have to trust the person I'm playing with will be communicative, will be authentic, and, and be happy with what's going on. And knows how to communicate with me if they're not. Um, this is part of who I am. And I'm rather good at doing this now because I've done a lot of it. Um, and my aftercare is... Excuse me. Get up. You know what is aftercare? Get up next. <laughs> well, because when we're doing fire I, I do ask, oh, do you have aftercare needs? And if they're with somebody, I make certain that... That other person is willing to provide what is ever needed, um, and you know it's 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 real openness that and 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 I tell them it's sensation play, it's exhibitionist play, it's you know little fear play, it's not therapy. It's not therapy. I don't treat people who have fear of fire. No, uh, but you know I want everyone to be happy. Because it's fun. And, you know, I don't get many people who are unhappy. 
because of it. And if I do, I apologize like hell. I've got another question for both of you. I'll start yeah. with Bruce. Is how has how have you noticed play and your relationship with play and kink changed with age? I can't do some things I used to be able to do. Yeah, I don't bend like I used to. Right. Uh, yeah, getting old is t- is a bitch. Old I, age is not for wimps. I um, don't heal as well as I used to. Yeah, or as quickly. You know, I mean, uh, I. But I still like playing, but I know my limits. And I've always had that ability to know my limits on what I can and can't do. And I limit, you know. I'm not going to go go do rope suspension. Right. Right? Uh, that's not for me anymore. Will I do pallet wrap? Yeah. Will, will I do hooks? Yeah. I'm not going to do hook suspension. Right. But I'll do a pole. Has have there been... A better knowledge of yourself, uh, like the fifty-year-old version of you versus the seventy-year-old version of you. You're always growing. What's that? You're always growing. Yeah. You're going to learn more, and if the day you stop learning, retire. Right. Retire because you're always going to learn. Yeah. You're always going to see new things. You have no idea the things I've seen over the almost fifty years that I've been in the kink scene. Things change, mm-hmm. and if you're not willing to accept that change, you're going to be lost. You know how many people I know, they, they stuck themselves in this box, this is how they do it, yet over time we've learned that it's the wrong way, mm-hmm. and now they're making mistakes, and they're gone. Yeah, They're gone. They're, they're one of those people that in that seven-year period is why they're no longer around. Yeah, You have to change. Technology has changed. Like fireplace, fireplace. People used to use a wet, wet towel, and a and a and a fire blanket. Well, we learned from hanging out, being doing safety for fire performers, and they're we're playing with seventy percent gas. Those people are playing with white gas, which is like ten times hotter. Yeah. And what do they use? The duvetine. And we put out the fires with that, and we're like, holy shit, this is way better than that. Yeah. So we upgrade the technology. Mm-hmm. It's safer. And, you know, for example, I've learned with cupping, to do cupping without alcohol, which is a lot safer. Um, But one thing I've noticed personally about my play, I laugh a lot more. Yeah. Yes. Such a... It's fun. To get to that point where you really are enjoying yourself, connecting with someone, feel intimate. And then intimacy is not sex. It's togetherness. Mm-hmm. I laugh a lot. There's no laughing in BDS. <laughs> oh, and that becomes a self-fulfilling joke, too. Yeah. If we're not laughing, it's, it's yeah, not good. Yeah, go do play. something else. Yeah, it's not, it's not good play. You know. Because it's all about play. So speaking of change and growth in the scene, what would you hope that future generations could glean from this period of so much growth and connection after the internet and the boon in information and people's willingness to share skills, what do you hope for the next 7, 14, 21 years of kinksters? People have an open heart, love one another, understand what consent is, and be nice to people because life's too short. You know... Um. So you love that generosity of spirit. 
it's it's gotta be. I I, the, I I let's put it this way: in my lifetime, I've seen some real shit, and I'm not even talking to the kink world, <laughs> right? You right. know, I mean, what I've seen in my life. Yeah. Um. I think, and and this is something I'm really passionate about, is the acceptance of other people unconditionally. Um, You know, I remember being asked early on in the scene, are you a dom or a sub? And I I was like, I'm nothing to you. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's the fact that I can connect with people anywhere on the gender spectrum or identification, and just having the same um, ideation of mutual enjoyment and friendship. Um, Just a lot of fun. Have there there been things where you, uh, I'm curious, like what, when you go to an event, I imagine there are situations where, well, maybe not, but I imagine there are situations where you two have been to so many great events and so many bad events. When you walk into an event that maybe you haven't been before, can you look at each other and go, okay, this is not going to be, this is not our event? Or or do you make it your, your event? Um, both Bruce and I feel passionately about this. Loud music. Oh, God. Loud, we walk into an event, and I'm not going to mention names, and the DJ is blasting. The music's so loud that you cannot communicate with somebody. You can't talk. And we're going, no, you can't play. Um, and I went up to a DJ just a few months ago, and I said, could you tone down the music? Can't communicate. She said, oh, no, no, this is a dance party. And I looked around the room, and I said, show me somebody who's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody was dancing. Right. It's just that. Some people feel that loud, obnoxious music is necessary. No, it's not. And one thing that Bruce and I had a conversation with is the music at Test Fest. What's it going to be? Will there be music in the outside um, courtyard? And I'm going, hope not. You know, and inside, is it going to be appropriate for communication? Mm -hmm. And I hope so. You you talk about... um... Uh, music, and this is a story. We had a friend of ours, I think you might know them, um, and they were going for their nurses thing and they needed to learn how to do surge, you know, sutures. So they asked me, I says, would you help me? I go, sure, we're going to be at the party, whatever. You know, it was actually a weekend event. So she goes out and she does an infibulation on me. You know what that is? That's where you hide the scrotum, the balls, the dick and everything. So she sews it up. So then they put a bunch of needles in me. And then somebody starts playing the time warp. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's the time of the year where they move the clocks back. Right. (laughs) Same thing. So it was all set up. So at 12 o'clock that night, they would sit there and we're singing the song. And they had the needles. and And they did a zipper with the needles on me. And I'm sitting there walking around with an infibulation. <laughs> that's let's do the time that's, warp that's, again. Um, that's a hell of a story. I'm 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 getting faint just thinking about that. Right <laughs> <here>. <laughs> 
Uh, yes. Did you have any other questions you wanted to ask? No, not at the moment. But I have your numbers, so... Right. I you know, I, I, I do have a question. You know, how do you keep fresh in what you're doing? How do you keep it going? And, and just to be really, you know, blunt, I there are a really small number of people in long-term relationships that I know, not a large number, a small number. Um, and, and I always <laughs> wonder, how do you keep it going? I mean, I understand love, I got that, but, you know, you're adding a dimension to your relationship which most people don't have. I mean, I'm a, I'm afraid of Earth. I think that's the <laughs> fear. Okay, fear right. factor. Yeah, okay. That does um, enforce certain boundaries. Right. Yeah. I mean, I still find it incredibly humorous that I gaze at him lovingly with a smile, and that terrifies him. There is a specific smile she has it's when she's thinking of something evil. It, no, it is a. There's a there's a specific smile she has for only one thing that, that you know that is you know some sort of some it's somewhere on the evil scale, and she has a thousand different smiles, but there's one specific smile she has a she has a smile when she's laughing at uh, at a show she's a la you know a smile for when she's happy about our dog doing something she but there's a specific smile that I can't. I can only tell you when I see it. And when she makes that smile, I get immediately nervous. And it's like, that's, and I think that's it. And, and of course, and she plays, uh, she plays coy. She's like, what? I'm just smiling. I'm like, yeah, okay. I know what this is. This is. You know something? Yeah. Then, you know, I do have an unusually high level of competency for a variety of activities. Mm -hmm. Yes, for yes, most lifestylers, and so that also gives us that variety. Yeah. Also, it's like, well, what are we feeling like? Okay, so maybe we're feeling like doing some pain play. Well, here's our enormous menu for things that we can do. You want to do impact? You want to do needle play? You want to do electricity? You want to do this? You want to do temperature play? Like, yeah, vampire gloves, whipping, this, that, the other. So that also, you know, gives us a lot of options. And because deprivation. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, we have, like, a lot of toys, a lot of fun furniture. We invite others to play with us sometimes, so that keeps it exciting and interesting, too. Just having that other element in the room and yeah. playing with other people together. Uh, so I think there are lots of different ways that we keep it from getting stale and rote. It's also sort of an ad. There's like this underlying aspect to our relationship at all times. It's not like we just keep it in the bedroom, right? Because right, we've also desexualized kink for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when I was a pro, it was very desexualized because I had boundaries with these people, and I didn't have that attraction to them. And so, Axe was one of the first subs that I had a relationship with that also in incorporated kinks that were mutual between us and more pain-centered than uh, you're not alone. others. You're not alone. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> talking about how myself, rare. Talking but... about myself is, uh, you know, not so practiced in it, but uh, what was you know, I saying? There's humor in everything. Oh, right. Desexualizing the kink yeah. in our relationships. And much like 
you know, in regular romantic relationships, you hug, you kiss, you do a butt squeeze here and there, or a little pat on the butt, whatever it is, but you know it's not about initiating sex. And so by having kink incorporated in our dynamic, in our relationship, in a desexualized way, it also keeps that interaction and that dynamic as ever present for us. And so they're just like fun rituals that we can have in the active kink bedroom, but also out here just like kissing and hugging. So it just kind of transcends... Maybe transcends isn't the right word, but very much permeates the totality of our relationship. Because we also, we met in the scene, we were familiar enough with ourselves that it wasn't an entirely new exploratory experience. And so right from the start, it's, it was always there. But there's also like these little tiny things that only we know about. Like if we're, if we're at a vanilla party or something like that, um, she'll say, go get me go get me a glass of water or whatever, or I'll ask if she wants something or whatever. And sometimes people will be like, oh, he waits, he's, he's, he just dotes on you like crazy. And she's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah. very attentive. You could write the book, I'm treating your woman right. like a goddess for real. <laughs> but every now and again, like something will come in and it will, something will come in that is, is, is not me doing something for her, but her doing something for me. Like we were at a, uh, uh, an off-Broadway play like a week ago, week and a half ago or something. And um, it was a week ago. And um, there was a concessions and she wanted to get a drink. And we were there with a friend that she did not know very well, but I knew fairly well. And um, Saad says uh, she wanted something from the concessions. And I and I said, oh, can you get me a Coke too while you're at it or, or whatever? And so she goes off to the concessions and as soon as she walks away, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, I should, I, I'm, this is so out of the ordinary. I'm sending her off to go get something. This is very weird. And so I'm talking to this friend and I'm just like very uncomfortable, but I'm trying to be interested in what this friend is saying. But the whole time I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, should I go? And maybe, you know, it just very, it was very out of the ordinary. Which was, you know, actually better and more thoughtful because me creating small talk with this person that I've met for five minutes on one other occasion probably would have been way less comfortable for me than standing in line at a bar to get a couple of cooks. But when we, when we, he didn't realize how thoughtful he was being in that moment. But afterwards, handing me some money and saying, bring me a cup. We're walking back to the subway and I'm like, I'm so sorry for sending you off off to get to uh, the concessions. I felt like such an asshole the whole time. She's like, that's okay. I'm like, whoo. What I can see, you know, uh, your relationship, at least looking in, is very low protocol. Yeah, she's not a fan of protocol. We yeah. have specific protocols. It's not very high but protocol. But they're very understated. Because that's more work for me. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just an interesting observation as mm-hmm. to how other people structure their dynamics and relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I just don't want to feel on all the time. Yeah. And if I'm constantly monitoring protocols in a literally 24-7 relationship, that's a lot of effort. You know, you can't have a 24-7 relationship. And I'll break it down this way. There's 168 hours a week. You got to go to work for 40. You got to sleep about 56 hours. Hmm. Run the numbers. Yeah. What will you have? You got to do the laundry. You got to clean the place. You got to cook dinner. You got to eat dinner, breakfast, lunch, whatever. 
Yeah, but now with work from home, he can serve me during the work day. You will still wind up at maximum maybe two hours a day. Right. Maybe. It, it is a... Uh, work from home was a tricky thing for us because um, there are times... And it, it, it turned out okay for us. But at, at the beginning, like I would have something that was like mission critical with work going on. But she can't tell just by looking at my computer if it's mission critical or not. And so we just sort of came up with a thing, you know, just sort of like, oh, she can tell and or I'll offer. And that's how we know that uh, it's OK. Otherwise, because she's like he was really tortured at first because whenever I get myself a drink or something as an act of service, he wants to do that for me. But since he was working from home, like actively listening to a meeting or something, he'd see me make my own water. I'd say, do you want to make me a water? And he couldn't do it. It was really painful for him. And he really struggled to adapt to not being able to be at service at all times. Yeah. yeah. Is there any, anything else that you would like to share or anything that there we didn't talk about? any final <laughs> right, right. I would like to see where we are seven years from now. But I, yeah. I, do, I do have one thing, which is I'll share with you. It's hilarious because we, we all have boundaries, and I do have ways of learned ways to negotiate those boundaries beyond. Um, because of some of my acts of service, I have been offered some free uh, activities, which include things that are uh, my hard limits. <laughs> he knows what's coming. So what I have negotiated with people I highly respect is that I will accept um, showers of any kind after my shiva is over right. the morning period, and I'm underneath, but I have invited people to feel free to come to my gravesite and fertilize and to memorialize any way they feel comfortable. Right. Oh, as long as I'm not going to be right. seriously involved in the process. Well, uh, famously, one of my favorite jokes that was going around is that uh, Margaret Thatcher's Grey was the first gender-neutral bathroom in the UK. <laughs> that was oh. a very commonly said <laughs> joke. Um, oh, my goodness. This has been so much fun, and I hope we, we no, do it again. This, and this is much When you're both in your fun. 80s, we can get an, an update. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, that's five uh, years uh, for him. How, how, are you, how are you, I mean, have you thought about... I mean, you're both retired, so you have you have you have time on your hands. So you're really it seems like you're really enjoying things right now. But have you thought about like um, when when will you do? You, are you worried about a time when you're going to have to stop playing, or what is that? What is play can look a lot different, you know, as your body does not respond like it used to. Mm -hmm. you and if we're talking about you know. So I brought it up, you know, uh, making it less about sex and more about intimacy mm -hmm. uh, is a really positive place to be mm -hmm. of comfort. Um, now, as far as physically tolerating what I used to tolerate, no. But on the other hand, the emotional uh, component has only gotten better with age. As I understand myself better, understand other people better, I find myself a better communicator, um, more grounded, more um, 
conscious, really, of how other people feel and think. And that, you know, call it wisdom or just calling it being around a long time, um, is, is, is a period of growth, which I don't think myself that it's ever going to stop for me. I have a business idea for both of you. You're welcome in, in advance. Kink-themed retirement community. <laughs> uh, I'm not we, saying we, I'm not saying you're ready for this now, but I'm saying maybe when you hit 95, okay. no, no, you can have a. We we have fantasized. This is right. even oh boy, this is good. Yeah, right. we, this... we have fantasized an event for old kinksters having, um, and I have a list on my phone, but I won't go into it. Stuff like um, it's a munch. Uh, well, it, Wait, a munch or an event. D but... at each table. Uh, the aisles are wide enough for your walker and wheelchair. Right. Uh, we will have an ambulance outside. <laughs> you know, electrical right. play. Uh, <laughs> electrical play using uh, defibrillation. Defibrillation, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, a classroom we, for wheelchair tr- bondage. Right, wheelchair bondage. bondage. Uh, uh, wills trust and, and, and last rights. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 oh, we man. we've gone nuts. Over we actually this. sat around a table for about an hour oh, talking about God. this. Oh, you know, do you run into a, many people? A play with hemorrhoids. I mean, <laughs> we we. Do you, yeah. do you run into many people your age in the scene? Yes, uh, well, there's a few. That's not as many. No, and and that unfortunately saddens me, because most of the people we meet are young people. Mm-hmm. Um, but they keep us young. Yeah, but people are not really. They don't get it that I'm this old. Mm-hmm. They constantly. You can't be that old. You're having too much fun. Well, you're both very spry. Sprint uh, body, in mind, maybe. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we're basically dirty old men <laughs> um, who pretend to be not so dirty. But, <laughs> you know what it is? We also respect somebody that's younger. We don't look down at them. Yeah, we, it's... You know, we look them in the face. We try to talk to what they want to do or what they want to learn. And... Um, it's not about us, it's about them. Right. And if we could do that, it makes the world a little better. That's great. You know? But it's it's also about relating to people. Yeah. Accepting people at face value yeah. without judgment. Yeah. I mean, you know, even last night we ran into a couple people who were T G, yeah. A couple people who, you know, just were very different than us. But our our way of dealing with them is the same. It's Welcome. I like you. What's your name? Nice meeting you. You know, it's not about, oh, you're a newbie. You know, it's it's just, we meet great people all the time. And it's fun. And, you know, that's all, that's what we're in for. Unfortunately, you know, I find myself busier now than I have ever been as far as Something to do almost every Every day. day. Every day we're doing something. I mean, you know, we're we're planning next week going to the Cirque de de Squirt. Right. Yeah. Right. You should come to that. The Cirque de Squirt. It's a three dollar bill. Three dollar bill. Yeah. (laughs) It's gonna be a wild part. Do you argue over which event you want to go to? Like does sometimes Bruce you want to go to No, you 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 both agree. We don't argue, but it's interesting. We get a lot of invitations. Yeah. Um I mean, I had a friend call me up the other day and said, 
please come to Romello's next event, please. Right. I said, okay, but, you know, he's two flights up. And, it, and I said, but you got to get somebody to carry my portable rig up two flights of stairs. Right. Right. Okay. You know, it's <laughs> right. like, and, and, you know, some, it's amazing that we get invited to so many things that you would go to somebody and say, you went to that place? <laughs> yeah. Well, we get, we get invited. So we respect people for and, what they are. And also. You don't judge them. We get, we get comped everywhere we go. You know, Don't want to be on your bad side. Clearly, no, I mean, I mean no, no, it's not bad. So oh, no, no, you like, guys, very vindictive a, people. A, everyone ever. What everyone a flattering <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, totally. We walk in. Oh, he's on the list. That's great. I mean, you know, I, I thank them profusely. Right. But, you know, just. And, and the one we're thing, a show, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, I'm not, we don't make a party. I mean, you know, we, we know that a lot of. Um, Swinger parties like to invite kinky people. They get people going. Mm-hmm. And you've been there and done that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we we do that. One thing about... I like swinger parties. Mm-hmm. People take off their clothes real easy. <laughs> Fast. <laughs> you know, I, I we go to parties where people are cross-dressing. They don't want to take off their clothes that easy. Right. No, they spend a lot hard. of time getting into right. them. And I spent three hours getting dressed. You think I'm going to... Okay, you know... Well, thank you both very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we finally found a time and, and we're able to do this. This is great. Thank oh, you for thank having you us. Thank you, Two, two and, hours, almost two hours and, of great and, conversation. By the way, just, you know, you know, this is not recommended. Really, thank you for helping me with my computer. You really, <laughs> you really made it so that I could do it all myself. You're very welcome. You know, you just gave me the greatest guidance. And, and like... I did it all myself. He's like the Bruce of computers. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I, I knew I, I had to make sure that you got up and running again because I, I, mean, I want to go to those really great parties and I know that if I don't, that's, that, no, that's no, no, the end no, of it. No, that's no. it. <laughs>